On Point with Craig's Investment Partners. All right, morning everyone. Before we start, remember the information provided here is general, it's not financial advice and it doesn't take into account your situation, objectives or circumstances. All investments are subject to risk, none are guaranteed, so before, before you make any decisions, make sure you talk to an investment advisor and you can find out more about what we do uh, at our website, which is craigsip.com. All right, looking back on last week, and it was another another cracker of a week for many share markets around the world, particularly the US market. Uh, the S&P 500 in the US was up 3.3%. That's the fourth week in a row that it's gained. Um, and that that index is, has now rebounded 16.7% from the June lows. So it's still 10.8% it's still below its highs, uh, which came in the first week of this year, but at one point it was down 24% from its highs, so now it's only down about 10 So it has been a, a very strong rebound since late June. Other markets around the world were also up last week, not quite as much as the US, but uh, they were still up. Uh, the UK, Aussie, Europe, all up um, uh, solidly. The NZX50 here was was flat, but uh, listeners will recall the previous week was a very strong one. Our market was up strongly, so uh, flat is, is, is nothing to be too upset about. We've still had a solid rebound too. The NZX50 has rebounded 10.8% from its lows in June. So uh, we're still down about 13.5% from our peak, which came a year early in the U- than the US. Uh, our peak was um, January 2021. Uh, so we're still below those levels, but we've had a, a nice uplift uh, in the last several weeks. For all of that, uh, New Zealand investors, uh, for the most part, won't have enjoyed the benefits of those international markets rising because the Kiwi dollar was already uh, was also up very strongly. Uh, it was up three and a half percent against the US dollar to almost sixty five, and it was uh, up against the pound and the euro too. Not so much the Aussie dollar; we were sort of sideways against the Aussie dollar. But what that means is, if you're a share investor and you're buying those international shares, whether it be you know Microsoft or Disney or whoever, um, and, and you're sort of doing so for yourself, you're probably doing that on an unhedged basis, which means you're not, you're not hedging the currency, you're just taking on those ups and downs of the, the Kiwi dollar. So um, what those investors would have seen last week is uh, the, the underlying share prices are up, we're up, but the currency was also up, so one sort of offset the other, and, and much of those gains were eroded. Um, if you're investing through a managed fund of some sort, then you know it all depends how that manager has been operating. Some managers of funds uh, will hedge the currency to take take out the risk of those movements. Um, others will just sort of leave it be, depending on sort of what their mandate is or, or how they expect currency moves to develop. But anyway, it was a good week um, on an underlying share price basis. Interest rate markets, uh, little changed in the US. We saw the two-year end at 3.24, the 10-year end at 2.83. That's barely different from what it was a week earlier. Uh, In the local market, we saw saw some bigger moves though. Uh, We've got the MPS this week from the Reserve Bank. That's the the monetary policy statement that we get... um, periodically and uh, whether it's related to that coming up or, or what but um, 
we did see local interest rates move higher. So our two-year swap rate uh, was up from 3.78 to 3.96, so just shy of 20 basis points, and the five-year rate increased from 3.52 to 3.71, which is about about the same magnitude. Commodity prices bounced a little bit. Uh, the Bloomberg Commodity Price Index up 4.5% uh, for the week, although commodity prices are still down about 10% since uh, where they got to in June. So you still have had sort of weakness across that commodity space. Similar story for oil. It, it rebounded a little bit last week, um, but it's still you know nearly 20, 25% down from the June highs. So that's good news from an inflation perspective. Um, in terms of economic data points that caught my eye, I guess the RBNZ survey, uh, the Reserve Bank survey of expectations was was pleasing last week. Uh, what this tells us is that expectations out there amongst the market professionals that they survey, um, short-term inflation expectations are obviously very high with people expecting inflation to remain elevated um, you know, just shy of five point five percent it was uh, looking out one year, but when you look out um, five years, uh, expectations are anchored at just just above two percent, two point three percent to be precise. So that's smack in the middle of that one to three percent target range. So what that tells us is that uh, everyone that responds to the survey, economists, market professionals, others, um, they they acknowledge that inflation will remain problematic in the short term, but they also believe that the Reserve Bank will be able to do its job and get it under control. So that's really important that you've got, um, the Reserve Bank has that sort of credibility out there in the market. So that was that was interesting. Uh, the other piece of news we had on the local front was the housing market report from REINZ, the Real Estate Institute. Look, the same trend as we've seen uh, for most of this year, all of this year, since late last year, to be honest. Um, housing market softening, you've got higher mortgage rates, more supply, cautious sentiment. So all of that's feeding into slower sales, reduced activity and lower prices. So you've now had Auckland house prices fall for eight consecutive months um, and house price indexes 15.6 below its November peak, which sort of puts it back at, you know, uh, where it was beginning of last year. So it's essentially sort of given back last year's gains for the most part. Uh, the rest of the country hasn't fallen quite as much. The house price index for the rest of the country is down about 7.4%. And that, that's normal. Auckland often leads on the way up and on the way down. So, you know, you could you could make an argument that sort of Auckland house prices are sort of ahead of the curve in terms of their moderation and that the rest of the country still has a little bit of catching up to do. Uh, offshore, the key release was the US inflation report, um, the, the consumer price index, and this was for July. And this was, we saw some good news here. We've, talk, we've seen a few green shoots on the inflation front. I talked to them about a few of those this time last week. You know, the lower oil prices, some of the signs that supply chain blockages are easing. You know, the ISM survey that we saw um, in the US had supplier delivery times that were a little bit lower, the prices paid index was a little bit lower. So we are starting to see, hopefully, the wound beginning to turn. And the July CPI report in the US pointed to more of the same. So uh, for the month of July, the CPI didn't change at all. So prices were unmoved. And that's 
that's important because um, that's the slowest pace of monthly cost increases we've seen since May 2020. So that was below expectations and it was the lowest we've seen in more than two years. So the, the headline annual CPI was still extremely high, 8.5%, still super high, down from last month's 9.1%, um, but 85 is still extremely high. But uh, that is really good news that you've started to see those monthly changes start moderating. You know, that's um, something that the market did latch onto and um, was quite happy about, as, as it should be. So fingers crossed that uh, some of those indicators that we're seeing uh, about inflation moderating and hopefully coming off the boil um, will, will actually continue. Looking at the week ahead, another busy week. Here in New Zealand, the key event will be the monetary policy statement from the Reserve Bank of New Zealand. So uh, this will be out on Wednesday afternoon, 2 o'clock. Then there's a press conference to follow, which is always worth a watch. Um, you know, the public can dial in and watch that. The The ICR will go up. Uh, we all expect it's currently sitting at 2.5. So as part of this decision, we're expecting another half a percent increase. That would take it to 3%, and it will be the fourth 50 basis point hike that we've seen. So they really have picked up the pace over the last few months. That would take the OCR to 3%, which is the highest we've seen since August of 2015. So, you know, we're going back, what is it, seven years, I think, if my maths is correct. So uh, it is the highest we've seen in a while. I think more importantly than that, um, because that's very widely expected, more importantly than that will be the commentary and the new economic and financial projections that we see in the monetary policy statement. Um, the, the, the Reserve Bank last did a monetary policy statement back in May, so a lot's changed since May. We've seen higher inflation than we expected. We've seen pressure, uh, wage growth pressures increase, even though the unemployment rate um, increased a little bit. So those things are, are problematic from an inflationary perspe perspective. At the same time, the housing market has slowed more quickly than expected. You know, the Reserve Bank wouldn't have expected it to come off quite as sharply as it has, so that's possibly a good thing in terms of cooling the economy down. Um, and we've had those signs of easing supply chain pressures and commodity prices coming down. So it be interesting to see how the Reserve Bank has changed its forecast, or if they have changed their forecast. So Wednesday afternoon, that'll very much be the highlight here in, uh, in New Zealand. Um, what else have we got? We've also got a dairy auction. Uh, that'll be interesting. Um, you know, we've seen prices come off quite a bit over the the last, um, well, since March, really. They peaked in March at a, at a sort of 15-year high, and they've come off about 25% since then, as have all commodities. Um, the currency is has is still five six percent down against the US dollar since the beginning of the year, but that that currency strength that we've seen just in the last week or so probably isn't helping uh, the payout. So I still have a sneaking suspicion that you might see Fonterra um, just reduce that that payout forecast for for where they're at for this current season. But um, hopefully we'll see a bit of stability in the global dairy price. Um, uh, early on Wednesday morning. Elsewhere, uh, we've got Chinese activity indicators on Monday afternoon, so uh, I think 3 o'clock, 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock Monday afternoon. 
uh, we'll get a swag of indicators, uh, retail sales, industrial production, fixed asset investment, those sorts of things, and they will just give us give us a read on how the uh, Chinese economy is tracking. The US consumer will be in focus. We've got the July retail sales report out of the US, which is always always of interest, and also some of the real heavyweights of the US uh, retail sector reporting results. So. Uh, who have we got? Home Depot, Target, Walmart. Um, those three are three pretty big ones when it comes to um, uh, getting a read on the US consumer. So those things will be of interest. Uh, across the Tasman, the wage price index for the June quarter will be the key release that is out on Wednesday. So we'll be watching. We'll be watching that too. But I think. I think for share investors or those of us that enjoy following company news and our share market investments, uh, it'll be the reporting season that is is very much in focus. So you've got the New Zealand and Aussie reporting season really ramping up this week with lots of companies reporting. Um, the international reporting season is sort of drawing to a close and apart from those few I mentioned earlier, that's that's pretty much done and dusted. But the baton will pass to the NZX and the ASX and we'll get tons of results this week and next week and the one after. So look, just a few thoughts on the reporting season. To be honest, I think it'll be, well, for, for a start, we'll have lots of companies reporting. I think probably two-thirds of the NZX50 will report, um, not everyone. The companies that report in August or September are, are those that have balance dates of June or December. Um, so there are lots of big companies, Fish and Pickle Healthcare is one example, uh, Main Freight's another that have a March balance date and those companies have already reported. So we won't hear from them, but about two thirds of the market will report. So there'll be lot, lots of news flow. And I think of those, um, probably about the same amount again, probably two thirds or, or 70 odd percent are likely re- to report an increase in earnings from the previous year. So for 7 out of 10 companies or or thereabouts, um, they're growing their profits, which is good news because growing profits leads to growing dividends and uh, growing earnings and dividends over the long term is is one of your key drivers of what share prices are doing. So that's what you want to see. Just looking at analyst forecast, the median change is expected to be about 7% for the 2022 financial year so there'll be there'll be lots of dispersion uh, around that there'll be lots of companies where there's much much stronger earnings growth and there'll be companies where there is negative growth as earnings sort of goes backwards but um, you know it's always always difficult to do averages or medians when you've got a relatively small market like our own compared to say the US market or Europe or the UK or even Australia but uh, the median of sort of six or seven percent that's that's maybe a bit of a stake in the ground that we can use as a, a reflection of sort of how how earnings is tracking in this part of the world so that's solid um, but it's, it's not super spectacular is it but you know solid is nothing wrong with solid um, but but I think it I think it will be a reasonably impressive reporting season. I think we'll be we'll come away happy with it. Remember, this covers the period, uh, the first six months of the calendar year. So you know January through to June twenty twenty two, and f- for the most part, our economy was in pretty decent shape through that period. Not perfect, 
but in reasonable shape. You know, export commodity prices have been strong, unemployment's been low, uh, consumer spending has been pretty stable. Um, so it hasn't been a terrible period. Uh, a few cracks appearing though. We've obviously had cost pressures that have been rising strongly. Lots of uh, sectors and businesses have been suffering from labour shortages. Uh, we've had rising interest rates. So all of those things will have maybe created a few headwinds for some. Just on that last one, rising interest rates, one thing I would point out is that most of the companies on our share market uh, are in very good shape in terms of their balance sheets, which means they have very manageable, low to manageable debt levels. Some have no debt, some have cash in the bank, um, so that they don't have a huge amount of direct exposure to those rising interest rates. So that, that's important. Um, I'm expecting the Kiwi dollar to have had a bit of an impact, um, particularly for exporters uh, and, and importers as well. But if we look at where the average New Zealand dollar was sitting through that six-month period from the, the first six months of this calendar year compared to the same period in 2021, the Kiwi was down about 7.5% against the US dollar. So that will be quite a tailwind for some of our exporters and at the same time, it will be um, problematic for some of our importers who will have faced even higher costs because of those input costs um, from overseas. That's against the US dollar. The moves against other currencies were not as dramatic as that. So it all, you know, when we talk about exporters, you've got to think about where they're exporting to. But currency moves, just you know, watch out for some of the, the reactions or commentaries on that front. As far as outlook statements go, and I think these will be key, they're always key. You know, analysts and fund managers and those of us that uh, are involved in financial markets, we're always interested in how did those profits look versus what we expected versus the previous year, but we're much more interested in how are things going and how does the next six months or 12 months and beyond look. So I think those outlook commentaries you get from management teams will be quite crucial. And um, one would think they'll be a little bit guarded, you know, not, not because they aren't confident, but um, there is still an uncertain, an uncertain environment ahead, obviously, with what we're seeing in terms of um, monetary policy tightening, with interest rates going up, with uh, currency moves that we're seeing out there, uh, with the war in Ukraine and the impact that has on geopolitical issues, commodity prices, what you're seeing in terms of the, the tension between US, um, the US and China, what we're seeing in terms of economic growth, you know, lot, lots of sort of unknowns out there. So I would expect um, some of those comments to be just a little bit guarded. But for all of that, I think our market's in decent shape. Um, I'm certainly, certainly feeling glass half full when it comes to the, the local share market and um, uh, I do think we've got some really wonderful companies that are doing some really interesting things. And um, even though we've seen a, a rebound of late, I think there are definitely opportunities across the local market. So we'll, we'll hear from, from lots of businesses this week. Um, who will the highlights be? We've got Contact Energy. They're, they're out today. Mercury follows tomorrow. So that's Monday, Tuesday. Uh, Genesis on Friday, you know, those electricity companies should all be solid. You know, they're all good businesses, strong cash flow businesses uh, with, with resilient earnings and, and they're in, in good shape. Fletcher's will be a really interesting one. Fletcher building reports on Wednesday and, um, 
you know, while all of the macro sort of tailwinds are turning into headwinds and some of those economic big picture trends are not looking particularly friendly for Fletcher Building, the recent commentary from the company has been quite upbeat, so they, they seem like they're, they're going all right. So it could be a case of uh, the company is saying all the right things, but, you know, how do investors view the, um, uh, the economic environment? Because, you know, when you're in construction, when you're exposed to sort of um, residential property and so forth, um, you know, it's a very cyclical industry, which means it does sort of ebb and flow with the path of the economy. So they will, they will just, you know, ride that sort of economic business cycle. Uh, Auckland Airport, Scala up. These two will be interesting. They're out on, on Thursday, I think. Um, the airport's likely to post a weak result, but, you know, everyone knows that. So, you know, I don't think there'll be any sort of, you know, shock horror. This wasn't quite so good. Um, that won't be a surprise. Scala up, Scala up's been, been tracking reasonably well. They've got some good momentum. The business is, is doing well. You know, for, for that business, I think the agricultural backdrop will have been quite friendly to them. You know, over the first six months of this year, dairy's been strong around the world and uh, they're, they're, they're also an example of one current, uh, company that might get a currency tailwind. Um, a fair amount of their revenues are from North America, um, sort of a quarter to a third, I think, off the top of my head. So, you know, they will have benefited from the, the lower Kiwi dollar and the stronger US dollar. Um, none of that's... None of that's a big surprise, though. So you know, some would argue it's it's all in the price. But look, all in all, I think there's some some interesting results that we can look forward to over the course of the week. Same, same with Aussie. You know, lots of big names across the Tasman coming out this week. BHP, uh, the biggest company on the Aussie market, reporting tomorrow, Tuesday. Goodman Group. Um, you know, really, really high quality property business um, and they obviously are the manager of the NZX listed Goodman Property Trust so the the group the sort of uh, the managing entity uh, will report across the Tasman tomorrow uh, Bramble CSL CSL's are you know one of the most widely held high profile healthcare businesses around so that one will be watched with interest uh, Amcor packaging on Thursday, Transurban, uh, Transurban's a, a toll road in, in, uh, operator, so you know a very, a very well-known infrastructure company. You know they they usually deliver very solid results. So, look, lots to keep an eye out for. Zero uh, holding their AGM too. You know I still think of them as a Kiwi business, but they've got an AGM on Thursday and they've had a bit of a roller coaster, as anything technology-related has over the last couple of years. So, we'll be looking for. Um, an update from from zero, but yeah, the week is shaping up to be a busy one. So uh, keep an eye out for all that. Reserve Bank on Wednesday be the key thing in this part of the world. In the US, it's the um, the retail sales report, which I, I think is also out on Wednesday. But you know, it won't be thir- it won't we won't get it till Thursday. And in terms of corporates, um, some of those US stocks that will give us a. A few insights into the state of the consumer, Home Depot, Walmart, Target, and um, geez, take your pick of, of what you want to follow across New Zealand and Australia. It will be very, very busy. So looking forward to it. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Take care, and we'll talk again soon. For more insights, visit craigsip.com.